0: In in ovation. Well, how was that? Was that good? <laughs> I just that was freestyle. Jesus I just freestyle. did that. <laughs> not 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 a stretch that, that was. In in
1: ovation. Not not a stretch that, that was. That's very believable that yeah, that was freestyle you. for you.
0: Yeah. I, I had my eyes closed and everything. <laughs> <laughs> Innovation Crush. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another installment of the show. Um, this, is, this is a special moment. I don't know if you realize this. This is the first back again for the first time ever episode of Innovation Crush. Welcome back, Sekou Andrews. I'm back, baby. I'm back. What? I mean, you're back. Really.
1: Back for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> that's poetic, too. Right. You I'm know, a- the sad thing is, that's a, that's a, I think it's a ludicrous line. And of course, is. who do I get confused with all the time on the street? Ludicrous Really? All the time dude. It's ridiculous People ask me when my album's coming out Flight <laughs> attendants can want my autograph Like it's bad
0: That uh, Well the fact that Because now you guys look completely different yeah. Like you kept the dreads yeah, and, exactly You know And I don't even think he has a facial hair No So like none no, like, Nothing like. all
1: But people still You know people get stuck in the past And either that or, or uh, What's his name Larry Fitzgerald That's what I get all the time too
0: Yes I don't yeah. You know I get um, I get Mouse from uh, Was it Don Cheadle's character Oh really No I don't get that I was going to say <laughs> Like, Real smoking on that one. I get my name mixed up. People, go, somebody called me Fritz Vincent one time, and I was like, "Wow, really? sure!" I'll, like I just went with it at that point. Cocaine is a powerful drug. Cocaine is a powerful drug. <laughs> um, welcome back, poetic voice. Uh, explain that 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 pairing of words, poetic voice.
1: Poetic voice. Uh, so, if you take a spoken word poet and you uh, merge them, mate them with an inspirational speaker. <laughs> then what you get is a poetic voice. It's a it's a new category of speaking that I created that blends inspirational speaking and spoken word poetry seamlessly, so that it creates this constant experience where you never know when you're in the storytelling, the theater, the comedy, the poetry, all mixed together to give voice to your powerful messages.
0: Um, that you just described a really interesting journey, right? Yeah. You described all these different. <laughs> Uh, emotional cues, if you will. It's uh, what I do. It is what you do. Um, <laughs> how important is the road in the prose, right? Why not be linear? Why like go on this emotional journey to, to tell a story?
1: Are you are you gonna be rhyming the whole thing? Did, did, did I did You know I rhyme? what I mean? Like that's my job. So can you just back off? <laughs> I mean, off? well. Can you, you just know. back off my job, Chris? Sure. Okay, I appreciate it. <laughs> Um, so the road in the pros, um, is very important. You know what I mean? Like we've all heard the phrase "It's how you say it, right? It's not what you say it's how you say it. Um, we've all heard talk, somebody talking about, you could make the phone book sound amazing or you could sell ice to an Eskimo, right? So this is all delivery techniques. It's saying no matter what your content is, no matter what your, what your journey is, what, what your story is, your, your,
0: your story is only as great as your ability to tell it greatly. Right. And and you've been uh, amazing at it. And just, uh, you know, just as a refresher, I would love to like, let's let's do a little bit of bragging. I want, I want you to talk about the resume a little bit. Like, where have you been? Now, where's the depths of planet Earth that you've gone to <laughs> and come back? And, and oh, where's man. your work taking you?
1: Google me, baby. <laughs> it
0: take, it's taking me to Google. Uh, right. Haven't you been to Google? I have been to Google. See? I
1: have. Uh, I have. Well, I've, I've spoken for Google, um, both at their Zeitgeist conference, which is which is like their TED, as well as uh, for them as a client um, in DC. You know, um, talking about innovation for government organiza- or government organizations like NASA. I have spoken for you know many, many, many Fortune five hundred companies, the Toyotas, the Nikes, the Johnson and Johnsons, the General Mills of the world, um, the tech companies, the Apples, the Microsofts, um, the the medical companies. I do a lot of work in healthcare. I love working in healthcare, inspiring nurses. Uh, you know, Mayo Clinic
0: cardiologists. I like inspiring nurses myself. <laughs> here you go. If you, if you, <laughs> here you go. I no <laughs> rhyming there, huh? If you know what <laughs> I mean. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um and uh and then also, you know, leading conferences, the zeitgeist, the Ted's, the Ted Med. I was the only speaker invited back to all five of the Ted Med conferences, wow. which is Ted's healthcare version before they got sold and moved to DC. Um you know, global nonprofits. I, I love the work that I do with you know organizations from Global Green to ACLU to Big Brothers, Big Sisters, et cetera, et cetera. So, like, I, you know, I touch stages all over the world. I'm headed to India and Australia next week. Um, I touch stages all over the country. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, I also make sure that it might be it might be Nike on Monday. It might be diabetes on Tuesday. It might be, uh, 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 you know, environmental um, entrepreneurs on Wednesday. But, you know, on Thursday, it also be my, might be my goddaughter's poetry day at her elementary school. <laughs> nice. You know what I mean? Like, we got to make sure we keep it purposeful as right. well.
0: And, and what, what are you bringing to these events, these people, these organizations? Why, why you?
1: Because there is no one like me. And I don't say that in a pop-my-collar way. Even though my collar does pop a little bit, well, it's it. a T-shirt, so you know I'm saying so yeah. I can't, but I pop it no matter yeah, what. Yeah, okay. You, Man, I can be butt naked. And I can still pop my collar. Oh, you know what okay. Hey, easy, easy. We don't easy, have to. Easy, <laughs> easy. Okay.
0: <laughs> I like how you told me to be easy, and you the one that went <laughs> there. I just saw you get excited, and I need to make
1: well, sure I, we I, keep that it. was <laughs> Easy. Now you be easy. So, uh, <laughs> so I mean, I say that in the sense that um, poetic voice is my creation. You know, there are there are lots of poets out there, um, amazing poets that do amazing work. There are lots of speakers that do amazing work. The of, there are some speakers who are poets and vice versa. Um, and often what you get is either the entertainment side or you get the speaking side, right? You get on the, if, there, if there are a speaker who's a poet you get almost what's like a set where they perform <clears throat> and then uh you applaud and then they, you know, talk about the next piece. They set up something. They tell some stories. They give some content. And then they set the next piece up and they perform and you applaud and so forth. I wanted to create something that was much more of a seamless experience where you really don't know where one ends and the next begins. You're listening to your, your company's business content. Next thing you know, you're like, damn, is he rhyming? You know, and it just kind of creates this constant like I can't get ahead of him experience. So right. I'm always leaning in. I'm always engaged.
0: That's great. That's great, uh, and you know, I think about this uh, this concept of transcendence. You know, I think there's there's one person in, you know, or a few people in multiple industries that sort of transcend their craft, right? Whether you're a doctor and then <laughs> the bad example that just came in my head was Ben Carson, for some reason, who's like a, an amazing like doctor right. and then decides like, you know, I see the world differently. Yeah, yeah. Horrible example. <laughs> but um, I'd like for you to kind of define the word transcendence, uh, you know, as you've experienced it. And even maybe for how it's affected the, the people you've encountered.
1: So as I experienced transcendent, um, I think it is, I mean, I think the word, you know, I'm a word guy. So I go to sort of the literal definition of the word and then the, the beautiful layers on top of that and the meaning behind it. So, you know, I think of arising above, right. I think of um, out of body um, when I think of transcendent. And so when I think about what that means for my experience, I think there is, convention um, and and i 'm trying to create in my in my business in my um, in the experience that I give others in the legacy that I leave um, arising above what is considered conventional right if convention is the body, then I want to be able to have that out of body experience that few have, that right. very, very few can believe exists, right? People, you know, I make the joke of when I introduce, I probably talked about this last time, when I introduced myself as a full-time poet, people look at me like I said, full-time mermaid, you know what I mean? Like, it's <laughs> like, like a freelance lockdown monster. start looking
0: monster. at each other in the room like, what? Right, like what?
1: what so what do you do, dude? But what do you do, do, dude? What do you do, 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 dude, <laughs> right. You know what I mean? So it's like, um, there is, there is a disbelief factor that comes with, with what I'm doing. You know, people cannot believe that. You made a career out of this. You're making money. I I I bought my house off of this. I I proposed to my wife with poetry. I'm building my legacy, my life, all based off of this thing that no one believes can even be monetized, or you or you have some negative experience. And then you know the thing I hear most is, oh, I don't like poetry, but I love that. You know, right. I love that. I love that conversion factor going into a going into a, a, a an apple or or you know a, a General Mills and like they're going. You know, oh, Jesus, the poet's coming. Oh, my God. You know, let me work. Let me go do my taxes or something. Let me anything besides listen to this crap, you know, and then just watching those light bulbs go off and the eyes wide and the and the oh, I, I just got you and I and I converted you and I turned you and your wide eyes and you're leaning forward. I love that factor. You know, it's
0: interesting that, like because like, this this is the part where your eyes light up, right? Yeah. It, it's, it is the gamification of what you're mm-hmm. doing. You know how much of that is important as you like actually craft the creative. You know when you're think when you sit down to write or when something comes to your head. You know how much of that are you putting towards? I call it the game. You know, or how much are you just kind of like in the zone and you know what's going to happen when you get on stage anyway? So you know
1: one of the things that I that I talk to speakers about when I'm training them is is. Um, taking a unique approach to something, right? One of the things that sets me apart is I'm always looking and saying, listen, we're all getting up on the stage. If the <clears throat> if the event is about, you know, whatever, some generic embracing change or, you know, revolutionizing technology or whatever it is, you know, revolutionizing education or something, right? Everybody's talking about the same thing. The whole conference is talking about the same thing. Like, so then I go, how is it that I can take a unique approach to the same material Give it a unique voice. Give it a give it a powerful uh, a transcendent experience, if you will, um, so that people receive it more deeply. They, they internalize it in a way that's different. They internalize right. it through all their modalities. Right. So I, I call it my unique approach and or, or my concept, you know, whenever I'm whenever I'm like in the middle of the, the madness, the middle of the night and my wife is coming into my office and saying, you know, you come to bed and you still grinding. And I'm like, I'm grinding, baby. You know, she's <laughs> like, all right, you find your concept yet. And I'm like, you know, nah. I got, I ain't got my concept yet. And, and the con- she knows that that concept is, you know, I have all the data, I have all the the the, uh, the information, I have all the strategy, and I'm just looking for what's going to be the voice, what's going to be the perspective, what's going to be the way that I actually approach this information to to deliver it back to the audience, so that in a way they've never heard, and you know, show them themselves in a way that they've right. never seen. When I find that everything lands, everything falls into place, and I'm able to create a a magical experience for them. So that's one of the things that I challenge other speakers to do is to say, listen, like, find what it is that you can how it is that you can talk about this information in a completely unexpected surprising delightful way and then give them the information right. that you don't sacrifice the data you don't sacrifice your credibility your authority your competency but you also create a much more engaging and dynamic experience for
0: Well in a lot of ways that in and of itself is innovation it, it's That's right. you know under the the umbrella of the innovation crush conversation right it is kind of like Let's do what everybody else is doing, but do it completely differently. Right. Let's turn the model on its head. Let's be true to who we are at our core. But let's change that delivery. Let's change that ecosystem. Let's change that service, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. opportunity. Um, You mentioned talking to other speakers. And um, that's a good segue to talk about stage might. Oh, yeah. uh, I, w- I, you know, again, uh, you rhymed stage fright to stage might. That's I get right. it. I know what you did there. What I did. Um, I'm just, I'll, you can interview me now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell everybody about stage might. That's right. <laughs> no, but you know, you've decided to actually give your gift, not just on stage, but to people who are also going to be on stage. Can you, can you talk about that? You know, that, that as a product.
1: So, you know, what I love is that I have created a successful speaking career and I was never trained as a speaker. I was trained as a performer right I was trained as an artist, and I took that performer and artistic experience and training and I applied it to business stages um, and so as I began to, you know, people used to always ask me, oh, well, how is it, you know, how do you do what you do? How do you connect so viscerally with an audience? How do you create such intimacy? How do you engage, you know? And I'd be like, I don't know, that's just my magic. That's that's right, that's right. You know what I mean? Pop my collar walk off, you know what I'm saying?
0: (laughs) Butt naked. Butt naked. -naked. (laughs) (laughs) Take your clothes off. (laughs) (laughs)
1: That's right, that's right. That's what I got known for, the the butt naked, pop my collar at outro. It didn't, the exit, it didn't really really work out too well. He's gonna do it. It, Right, right. (laughs) It ended up overshadowing all of my goodness and, 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 and work that I off of the world so I stopped doing it um, but you know ultimately I, I recognize that there is you know I, I would say it's just my magic but but a lot of it was mastery you know there's this point where the magic ends and your mastery begins and that's that performance element is what I realized was teachable and so I got excited about dissecting that process and being how, how is it that I apply dance techniques to business stages how is it that I apply Acting techniques to helping to helping you be authentic. How is it that I apply improv techniques to being able to to own any room and become distraction proof? That's what I got excited about being able to teach, and so I started just informally training executives, you know, high level senior C suite executives that that were stepping into new leadership and needed to be a a bigger, more compelling leader. Um, and and it hit like people loved it because there was a unique approach. They felt like I've been taught the same way. All these years, plant your feet, don't pace, do this with your hands, don't fidget. And it and it controlled me, but it made me look like every other cookie cutter version of the speaker of speakers on stage. Right. And you stand out like a performer, like a rock star. And so I started teaching rock star secrets to public speakers.
0: Um I like that idea of you know converting that. And it it creates a whole other lane, right? There's a when did you decide to actually make it a business? And I would love for you to walk through the, the actual program. Yeah. Because it sounds pretty, uh, like, it sounds incredible. I personally want to do it. Like, That's right. You know, we talked about it before. That's right, yeah. But, um, but you know, it's like, we all kind of have ideas about how to diversify our your business. And then there's certain things that you go like, yes, that is ex- exactly what I'm going to do. Yeah. Um, just kind of talk about that transition from idea to actual fruition.
1: Sure, sure. Um, so, <laughs> right, if you, if you think about it just from the 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 innovator's curse, right? We're, we're filled with a whole lot of ideas. Oh my gosh. You yes. know what I mean? My wife and I call them project number 84s. You know what I mean? Like every time we come up with the, oh my God! Guess what I just created? We just look at each other and just go, project, <laughs> project number 84. You know what I mean? You're like, maybe one day. <laughs> that's,
0: that's the name you of a company right there, Project 84. That's right. That's and right. Exactly. All these exactly. Like left all, field. All, all the left field.
1: That's it. That's going to be my next Google, you know, my lab, <laughs> innovation lab, right? And so, you know, we have a lot of those. And, I, and, and when you are an innovator and you have the innovator's mindset, there's a lot of different directions that you can go in. And so, you know, the, the obvious one was how to train other poetic voices for me. But I realized that sometimes we're, we're too close to our own process. Right. You know, the shoemaker's kids have no shoes, right? So we, we're, too, we're too close to the own, to, to our own process to be able to dissect how it is we do it. So training folks to be poetic voices is is the next step. But I wanted to be able to sit back and say, well, I, I can at least train people to become more dynamic speakers. So thus began the process of, of how, how do I do that. I'm constantly traveling. I'm working with everyone from you know startup entrepreneurs to high level um, corporate executives. And I decided that I wanted to create sort of three pillars of the program. Um, one is Stage Might Online and it's an e-course, five weeks, five webinars um, uh, accessible to both the sort of startup entrepreneurs, folks that you know that have a book tour that that feel pretty confident on stage, right. or or you know have some decent content, but basically they need to really focus on their delivery techniques, you know. And so it, it teaches you, like I said, it teaches you to be to move more gracefully on stage. It teaches you to to become more authentic by learning from actors. It teaches you, say for example, people want to have these, they want to have an infectious speech that people remember, and I teach them to think about their speech like a songwriter and. Crack craft it the way that you would craft a hit song so that everybody's singing your speech like, because I'm happy, you know what I'm saying? Give it that kind of power. And then there was, then there's the virtual VIP training program. And the virtual VIP training is much more like, I want higher touch. I want Seiku personally. I want to work on both my content and my delivery. And I want to really crack, you know, that's like the TED Talk speaker who's got a TED Talk coming up and it's like, help me craft this speech, you know? Um, And then the Stage Might X is the executive group coaching. And that's, you know, PayPal is bringing me in to train their tech sales team on being better storytellers, right? We want you to come to our company and train our team. That Might X, and so what that it did as an entrepreneur is it allowed me to sort of satisfy operation scale Seku, which has been my biggest project. How? Do I, as a as an individual, as a celebrity brand, as an individual vanity brand, as they call it, you know, begin to scale myself? These were sort of three ways that I could begin to create products and programs that were still high touched that served my community in a in a in a new and exciting way, but were very very authentic to my brand.
0: No, that's uh, that's it's obviously well thought out. Yeah, (laughs) Um, as far as all those products, what it's this idea of helping others find their poetic voice and I think that's an interesting... Pro- value proposition to anybody, because uh, and everybody's a storyteller of some sort, right? Whether you are trying to get a raise, and you got to tell that story, or you are trying to get three hundred million dollars, and you have to tell that story, or you you know trying to get your kids to go to bed, um, <laughs> you know, and that's that's <laughs> yeah. a story. Yeah, in that's a whole aside. exactly. exactly. <laughs> um, what are some of the common, I guess, hurdles to that people face, right? Because I'm sure there's like I think when you kind of experience um, a wall of some sort, you yeah. go like, oh, it's me. I can't do X. And you're like, no, you know what? Everybody does that. Right? Right. There's, there's probably like some very common you know, mistakes or uh, hurdles yeah. people face.
1: Yeah, I would say uh, one of the most common is, is uh, thinking about engagement as one big act, one big moment that you create, one big act that you do, you know? Um, And I always tell people, people always like, I want to learn how to be engaging. Teach me how to do that thing that makes me engaging, you know, and I go, you know, engagement is really 10, 20, 30 small, incremental, meaningful moments of leaning in. And if you can shift your mindset to think of engagement as that, then you're shifting your mindset to say, so now it's not just this big thing that I do. You're looking at every single small thing that you do that keeps your audience from checking out. And that can include the way that you inject yourself through space with intention. So instead of just plant your feet because you don't want to pace out of nervousness, now you pace out of frenetic intention because you are telling the the part of the story where you're talking about how you didn't know what business that you were going to create and you were grappling with it and you were frustrated. Well, that's a pacing energy. So why not pace, right? Break that fourth wall like an actor, like an improv. Step into the audience, create proximity, right? Move into your audience's space instant leaning in right now oh you just walked up to right you just walked up on me homie you know what I mean <laughs> exactly like you just walked up right. The, right
0: don't be rolling up on me homie you know what I'm saying you, you take people to like South Central and just drop hey, them off and like hey, hey listen here's
1: your, here's your chance listen nothing is <laughs> off limits in the sake of speech you know what I'm saying um, you know uh, uh, physical touch Hand on a shoulder. You know, I, I I violate people's personal space in the most delicious of ways and delightful of ways, and they love it. You know, making, I always find, if, I, if I'm gonna find somebody to hug in an audience, somehow I always find that one dude that is like not the hugger. And when I make him, he's, he's the CFO or something, you know? Right. And when I make him hug, dude, you should see the incredible, like vicarious experience that the whole audience has. It creates 5,000 people are cheering. They're like, I can't believe you
0: got John to hug, you know? Well, here's the thing. That's the. I'm. I'm gonna play devil's advocate because I go like, yeah, you can do that, right? Because it's like to me, what you uh, you know, what you just described almost sounds scarier than me just getting up and talking. And and I get that it needs to happen, but then there's uh, a nervous energy about what if this isn't received right? You know, what if I like, I don't know, like what if I'm awkward once I do get out in the crowd? What if I can't find the guy to hug, you know, all the, the, you know, those tools, um, how do you get people to get over themselves?
1: That's a, that's a fantastic question because the whole premise behind stage might was to teach people to be mightier than their mistakes. I want you to be mightier than your mistakes. Uh, So I'll use an example. Um, There's a a singer that I used to produce and songwrite for, and she used to memorize her scats. And if you think about the concept of scatting, the whole point of it is you're just in the moment. You know, the music takes over and you just create this sort of transformative experience, right? Well, if you're trying to hit every note perfectly, you will memorize the scats and people will go, wow, that sounded great. And every note was hit perfect. But if you hit five notes wrong, but you create a magical transformative experience. You set yourself on fire in front of a crowd and rise from those ashes and allow them to have this inferno experience with you. They will not remember the five bad notes right and that's what we as speakers need to learn from artists who allow themselves that vulnerability that transformation that access so i tell people when they're training start practicing by just doing something different so the the the, the amateur version of it is do something different in every speech if you normally go down on a line go up if you normally reach forward uh, uh, you know grab your grab hug yourself whatever right. just do something that feels different because it will begin to to create an experience where you find yourself going I don't even know what's gonna happen so I don't seem I seem in the moment I seem present and then the next level is do something risky in every speech. Hmm. You know I've had situations where I remember one time I, I decided at the last minute I was gonna talk about flight and, and reaching for your goals and I decided there was this little round table there and I said I'm gonna jump on this table right and just <laughs> as I decided to do that I had, it was like my Tom Cruise experience.
0: Right, right, right. 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 So just as I decided... I just, for some reason, I pictured the table falling once you landed on it. So, yeah. okay.
1: So here's the thing. I pictured it as well because just as I decided <laughs> to do it, I noticed that this, the rim of the table was metal and wood. The center was glass. I was already oh, oh, in leap oh, oh, mode, right? Oh, oh, oh. So now I'm going, oh, crap. Like, I got to land perfectly on it, right? So, but the thing is, as long and as you're I'm- you're not like, a small guy, by the I'm way. And I'm not you're, a small <laughs> dude. Like, this, so table was, this table was looking at me like, really? <laughs> really? You about to do this? Right. So I'm going, okay. So two things are going to happen. And only two things are going to happen. I'm going to nail this. And I'm going to land perfectly on it. And I'm going to create an amazing experience about the challenges of jumping towards your business, leaping towards your goals, and landing it and sticking it and flying high, right? right. Or I'm going to eat it. I'm going to fall. I'm going to get up and I'm going to talk about how things don't always work out in your business, but you will always be able to recover and how your audiences love finding the de- delight in your recovery because we're all struggling with something. We're all trying to overcome it. Ch- and I'm going to turn that into magic. So as long as I believe that there is nothing that this stage or this room can do to me to take me off my game, I always stay mightier than any mistake that I could make. And therefore, I always am high risk, high reward. And most often I get the high reward.
0: It was great. It also sounded like the best freeze frame ever. Like, you, you stuck in the air and then like going through all these scenarios. I, know, I
1: wish I had a picture like mid leap
0: of that. Um, no, it, it, and I, I mean, I like the idea. Uh, I think the more mistakes you make, the more comfortable you get with the idea of making mistakes.
1: And we, the thing is, we know this in business, right? We hear this all the time in our fail people fast. talking about, yeah, fail fast, fail forward. Mm-hmm. We hear this all, but we as, as communicators, we don't do it. As communicators we don't think that way as speakers, you know? And that's the, that's the shift that I'm the connection that I'm trying to make between business leaders and businesses. We you go out and tell your 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 communities to innovate, create a culture of innovation. You know, we everyone should go out and be thinking like an innovator, right? But you yourself don't walk that talk. So you have to start communicating like an innovator. You have to show them what taking chances look like.
0: I, speaking of speaking of taking chances, I have a friend um who ran a really important division of a company for Thirteen years, that part of the business was uh, nixed. Right, they got rid of it, um, and we had an interesting conversation just last week about like, kind of like, who am I now? Right, because in and this person went all over the world, talked about the work that they had done under this you know brand, um, and then it's like now people want one of them to show up at other places, and it's like, well, now what I you know what now what do I talk about? So. Is there, do you find like, how do you connect and disconnect yourself from, you know, an outer shell and your inner being?
1: Yeah. Um, so, you know, one of the other challenges that people come to me with most often, besides how do, I, how do I create engagement, is how can I be more authentic, right? And people want to be authentically themselves and very, very uh, rarely do they feel like they are their authentic self on stage. Um, and I think a lot of it is that we've misplaced our value. You know, we, we define ourselves by our businesses, by our titles, by our roles. So a lot of times, you know, I work with the CEO who's getting on stage and he feels like his job is to prove that he's CEO on stage, you know? Um, and I go, nobody came here to really hear you prove that you're CEO like they came here for you to move them. They came here for you to let them know I'm in the right place. This is the right company. I'm on the right journey. Like this is going to be this is going to help me. This is going to solve for my for my problems, help my serve my needs, et cetera, et cetera. So they're looking for much more of, of, of a, you know, a deeper connection, a, a much more human, a much more relationship type connection. And so I have to get them to. To number one just let go of all the data and the information mm-hmm. you know and tell the stories tell the stories Then we will find ways to embed the stories the data or embed the data inside of the stories so that they be the data becomes unmissable and yet unrecognizable right and all you felt like I heard you know, all I felt like I heard was a was a great story about the time that you're daughter was struggling with what she wanted to be when you when she grew up, you know? But somehow, I ended up getting the point of how you're connecting that to the possibilities of me and my business, right? That, to me, I, I got to learn something about you as a father. You 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 became your daughter when you told the story. You took on her voice. I connected with you. It's like, it's like you talk about bedtime stories, right? It's like a kid listening to a great bedtime story when you are a great storyteller, right? And then the other thing is, how can people... They want to be authentically themselves in what is unique about them and what they're inspired about me as a poet and finding my poetic voice in business is they're going, well, I'm not a poet, but I'm a gymnast or, you know, I'm, I'm a mother of nine or I have a weird, heavy accent or a crazy laugh or whatever it is. And they, I have all those things, by the way. You was, do. You, you do. just described me to a T. That is why we're going to work together. Oh. bro. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but they you know they they sit back and go like i they they they, they feel like they need to push it into the shadow. They need to hide it. They need to, they need to, uh, you know, pull away from it. And I'm always saying, no, embrace it, you know, hang a lantern on it. Like, let's let that be the thing that shines and is uniquely you. Let's find a way to use your body. Like a gymnast in your speech about your book or, or in your, uh, in your investor meetings about how your company can handle all hurdles or whatever it is. You know what I mean? We'll find a way to make you uniquely you and embrace that. That is the performer's mentality. That stage might, um,
0: does this translate to personal situations, right? Like if, if, like you, you know, kind of like bridging that gap between, hey, I'm because I think when you begin to like uncover who you are at the core, whether it's a storyteller or being able to give that really highly personal moment, I feel like there's some stuff that may happen at home that, you know, because you've transformed in, in a sense by, like, unlocking, like, I'm not the CEO now. Now I'm Joe, mm-hmm. right? And I'm Joe speaking, and mm-hmm. I happen to be the CEO of X, right? And you, like you said, hide the data. But I think when, when you start to practice being more open, you know, on a stage, it's I, I would imagine that the domino effects happens, you know, at home or in, in, in your interpersonal relationships. Like I would hate to be your wife and argue with you. Cause it's been, you know, <laughs> I would hate to be your wife period. That would be just be weird. That would be very weird. But I would also like hate to get in an argument and be like, you know what woman? And then it's just like, uh,
1: I, you know, my wife hates to be my wife in an argument sometimes. Uh, because yeah, like I, I was supposed to be an attorney, you know, like that, my mom saw the gift of gab and she was like, oh, how about, you know, you be an attorney? Cause what mom going to go, you should be a poet laureate of industry. You know, like she goes, no, you should be an attorney and make some money so mama can have a retirement plan, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, but I, you know, I quickly saw that law wasn't the path for me after, you know, I was pre-law in college and working a bunch of law firms and was like, okay, this is not right for me. So I began to kind
0: of Take the skills. I, mean, I would love it. for you to be my lawyer. Like if I was on trial somewhere, right? you got up and like did you? Like I would. I, I would imagine you can train lawyers. So you yeah. know, I, I, think okay, I, have. Who,
1: I have. I got lawyers that have taken the stage. Of my course, dude. I'm telling you, it, this is mighty on any stage. Right. It really is. It's not. It's not. It's mighty for your investment meeting. It's mighty for. It's mighty for your analyst. It's mighty for. It's mighty if you want to just you know rock a PTA meeting. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. It's mighty for your teleseminars. It's mighty on your on your on camera on camera um, interviews. It's it's based just saying whatever, that's why I didn't focus it on, a lot of speaker training programs are about like, oh, how you can you know um you know speak and, and and create a career out of speaking you know and get paid and make make a whole lot of money in speaking and i specifically didn't want to step into that space because what i wanted to do is say whether you were trying to become a professional speaker whether you are just trying to become more compelling and confident in your job or whether you just want to feel confident in any stage you touch even if it's just your relationship even right. if it's just How you communicate with your kids, even if it's a, 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 you know, a courtroom, like whatever it is, a job interview, you want to take these techniques and apply them to say no matter what the stage is, I'm going to be mighty on it. I'm going to be mightier than my mistakes because I will be confident. I will know how to connect with human beings, whether it's one person in a room or whether it's a thousand You're always talking to one person. People are how do you create intimacy with a thousand people? I'm never talking to a thousand people. I'm always talking to one person a thousand times, and that's what I want to teach people.
0: That's amazing. Um, I have one last question on the like the speaking side because I'm curious as to what other crutches do people use when they're on stage. You know, like a busy PowerPoint. I'm going to show you a video. Now watch this other video. And like at, at the end of a half hour, they've spoken for four minutes, right? Or um, or whatever else other crutches that you've seen. Um, and I'm guilty of it in, 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 you know my own practices, but um, I would love to hear like what other sorts of crutches and handicaps people try to.
1: Yeah, well, with. all of the above definitely definitely slides. That is the biggest. I, you know, I I work with um, with companies that sometimes it takes two or three emails for them to understand I'm not bringing slides, and it's like I, I don't understand. <laughs> can you, can like,
0: please do you, send us your PowerPoint. Right, I don't you, understand. The deadline like, has we passed. We need a, <laughs> people
1: need the visual, and I go. I'm a poetic voice. Poetry is viscerally visual, right? And yet, everyone gets to visualize the best image. For their experience, I can I can talk about a curry a curry sunset that looks as if the sky just fell in love, hmm. and every and I could put an image about that, but it's my version of it. But right. if I just say it, everyone imagines their own sunset and what it would look like for the sky to fall in love, right? So my PowerPoint is your mind. Right. My PowerPoint of the words. Right. So certainly everyone relies on PowerPoint. They rely on slides. They rely on visuals. Um, They rely on on videos, which isn't bad. You know, multimedia is great. And if you use slides brilliantly, it's it's amazing. So it's not to say that slides are, you know what I mean? Like you shouldn't use slides. Most people just use them as a crutch. Uh, Folks tend to rely on the the. The sort of go to standard speaking techniques like, you know, rhetorical questions. I hate, you know, like (laughs) state changes. Right. I always talk about. So one of the things I teach in stage might is communication calibrators, how you can basically in the first two minutes, you can um, learn who your audience is and you can let them know what kind of speaker you are so that you calibrate the room using these 12 calibrators that I teach. Things like state change, bold statement, friction, drama. Right. And so um, state change is one of the most sort of speaking one on one ones. How's everybody doing? Right? Just anything that makes them respond. Everybody yes. stand up. Turn to your neighbor, right? All these things. But people just do it in such a rhetorical way like, you know, you're at you're at the who wants to be a millionaire conference and they walk out and go who wants to be a millionaire you know and you're like yeah, yeah, me i got it so I you know, the it's the almost like you're much. forced to respond you ever been to that event where somebody asking you questions and you just feel like i don't want to be a dick to the guy so i'll just be like right, right no right. and you respond like right. turn
0: to somebody and say something right. like i hate those moments right like, tell them they look nice you're right like, you look nice i so don't know right that. so to <laughs> me i'm like but the thing is
1: they're based off of great, strong, effective principles in creating a state change for your audience. So the trick is just just push yourself to do it in a more organic, exciting, engaging way you know what I mean um, like I don't know you've been to you've been to a, a presentation where my boy NQ yes. you know another poet like he'll yeah, yeah. get everybody to stand up and do back massages yeah, and, you know was what I mean right. and see that one was
0: actually fun Exactly, like, it was super fun
1: exactly so if you can again that's performer you know what I mean if you can think like that performer that makes you want to do something you know when you at a shout out to concert, Adam in his
0: jacket by the way hey. <laughs> it's an inside joke between me and him like it's <laughs> he'll know he'll know he'll know
1: <laughs> he'll know, he'll know. <laughs> shout out to NQ all day um, you know and so like if you can do that in in the same way that people want to participate at a rock concert, you know what I mean? Like that's the effect that you want to that you want to create with the audience. So, and then you know to to answer your question very quickly, the the biggest one that people rely on is their material. That's the biggest crutch. People always believe I'm just going to practice my material. I'm going to rehearse my material. I'm going to practice my material. I I'm going to practice the answers to the questions. But you don't even know what the questions are going to be. But that's all right. I'm gonna practice them. I'm gonna practice the answers. I'm gonna pre memorize everything, you know. And I'm like, dude, like, how about instead of trying to control the room, how about you just practice trying to own the room by being the best speaker improv artist that you can be, so that yeah. no matter what the room throws at you. You can turn it into delight.
0: That's what it's funny you say that because that's what I get. Like, a lot, you know, a lot of guests will go, Hey, can you send me the questions? I'm like, No, yeah. you know, I'll send you a few yeah. just to give you a litmus test, but I don't want a, you know, rehearsed. I've had people come in with notes, yeah. you know, and like papers and folders. I'm like, You can put you can throw that away. So, like- so,
1: so I got my computer open, right? Yes, you do. And I spent the first, what, five minutes or so uh, right before we started pulling up documents and pulling up my notes, right? And that's because. I was frazzled. I'm coming off of a crazy call. You know, I had just a crazy day, right? Yep. So I'm coming in just a mess, right? So it was like, well, let me try to get my material. Let me make sure. I, I, I look, I mean, have I, have I looked at it once? You know what I mean? Have I looked at it once? At the end of the day, I, I ultimately always fall back on, I know this. And I not only do I know my own material, but I know my ability to access my, my material in a dynamic and engaging way. So I haven't looked at this stuff once.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and, that, and that's. I think it takes some practice to be in the zone. It's the same thing. Like I, I have a page full of notes. You yeah. know, I think I, I think I wrote down more notes yeah. than I actually looked at. You know, yeah. what I was. I mean, we I have
1: to prepare. I don't take anything away from the preparation. Sure, but we also have to trust ourselves to to be mightier than the preparation.
0: What was your uh, biggest hurdle you had to overcome? You know, as a speaker, as a poetic voice, as you know, in your career, where you're like, oh man, I cannot get over whatever that is. Things.
1: Ah man, Um,
0: I would say probably. I would say I was born into perfection. That's right. Exactly. (laughs) It's always a
1: very difficult question for me because nothing ever comes to mind, besides maybe trying to get on Innovation Crush. (laughs) Um, So you know, there's there's lots of hurdles. I mean, certainly the decision to quit my job and become a full time poet. What was your job? I was an elementary school teacher. I was a fifth grade teacher. Yeah. Right. Mr. Andrews. Mr. Andrews. Mr. Andrews in South Central Los Angeles. I was I loved it. Best, you know, hardest job to do, hardest job to leave. Um so that was certainly one. Um, you know, a lot of times people ask me about my hardest presentation situation. Like what was the hardest, you know, gig somebody gave you, the challenge that you had to do, and for, you know, in terms of like how it was gonna innovate a unique approach for that. Um, and I always go to uh, Mayo Clinic. Mayo Clinic was having a conference on blood transfusions, and <laughs> yes, exactly. Right, so so my job is to make it whatever it is, Random. make it beautiful and sexy, right? Right. So I'm going okay. So blood transfusions, okay. Well, we'll give blood, give life. That's sexy. That's how beautiful. many people have blood. That's right. Exactly. Right. Well, and it was funny <laughs> is that that almost kind of ended up being my approach, right? So everybody was like, you know, I thought at first like give blood, give life. That's a beautiful. It's, it's, that's a beautiful caption. I can work with that. Well, no. So this was the Mayo Clinic. Um, trans, this was the transfuse conference On how we need to stop giving blood transfusions Because we're killing people through poor medical Air practices, through excessive Transfusions, go be beautiful Go be sexy, <laughs> right And I was like, oh my god, what am I going to do with this Right, so again, just struggling and, and also, I'm speaking to cardiologists I'm speaking to anesthesiologists, like I'm speaking to a Very technical crowd It's right. not a warm and fuzzy crowd either They're not, They don't come in dancing in the aisles So for me, um, it took a minute I had to really, I pride myself on authenticity, even more than inspiration, because I believe an inspirational speaker should be inspiration, period. That's base level. I pride myself on authenticity. When When I get off the stage and you as a cardiologist walk up to me and go, so wait, you're not a doctor? that's when I'm popping my butt-naked collar, right? So here we go again. I'm just going to keep putting my butt-nakedness in your mind and in the minds of your listeners. It's just,
0: you know, you have the, the shot from the back on uh, somebody on stage. It's just you butt-naked. It's
1: the cover of your book. Right. Pulling, pulling my skin from my shoulder up, right? Exactly. <laughs> Where are we right now? Um, so <laughs> so I told him, uh, you know, so authenticity. Right. So I was like, OK, so the goal, I have to make sure that I'm authentically speaking to this crowd and they feel people listen differently when they feel you're one of them. So I said, I'm going to use the, the poetic technique of personification and I'm going to personify blood himself, holding a press conference in front of this audience, letting them know that I am firing my manager I'm seeking new management and I'm now a free agent and it was amazing like i had 3 doctors that i just met that morning who were the reporters and i planted questions with them and every time i said i'll take your questions now they jump up blood 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 and i'd call one of the doctors and that doctor had a question that helped move my speech along so they would you know if i wanted to establish what the problem was with the industry then the doctor would ask well so why are you leaving your current management and that would allow me to then speak poetically about oh, what was the problem it was interactive to that degree so it was interactive so to that degree like you pers- Comple- completely- i came out in a red jacket i had a table with a microphone, I did it just like a press conference. Like a real cause if you're going high always risk tell high people, reward, though. High risk high reward. But I always tell people, if you're gonna do something, go all the way. Cause we will feel your half. It's like telling a joke that you don't even think is funny. You know what I mean? Like tell
0: them. So you've listened to the show before. You've listened, you've listened to the whole before. show is a joke.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Ow. No oh, oh, oh. oh. Speaking and of are done. Just drawing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like when you tell when you tell a joke to somebody, that you can't even get through because you're laughing so hard, I start laughing before you even get through the joke because you enjoy it so much, you're going all in. And that's the experience that you wanna give your audience. So that was definitely one of the hardest challenges that I ever had. And afterwards, like standing ovation, they invited me back to every Transfuse conference for like the next three or four years. And cardiologists were like, I can't believe, like you, you spoke to us like you
0: were one of us. All right, so do me. Give, give, give me an exercise. I
1: n n o no patience. C r u
0: So do you what? I don't know. Like so, is there like a, a physical technique that you use? Like what? Like what? What might be a sample of an exercise that you would run me through? Or is there an exercise? Or is it more like, hey, you're going to ask me a bunch of questions and make me cry first?
1: Well, so first of all, if I'm training you, then we all we, you know, it's I, it's not just a litany of random um, techniques and exercises. It's always identifying what your challenge is, what your problem is. So tell me one of your challenges with speaking.
0: Um, I'm like you. I'm perfect. No, I, I, I probably rely on my visuals a lot. Like, I, you know, I want to have compelling stuff on the screen to and I feel like that's that's going to be. Proof of the story, in a sense, right? And especially when you're talking about innovation concepts, mm-hmm. I think it's hard to voice them over. Like, you want to give people, but I think I, I, and I don't inject enough of my personal stories or my, you know, my like heart stories. Yeah. It's more like moments. Like, I have this talk there where I give like professional and personal anecdotes of things I've seen or done, but not like, and then my daughter was crying, and she was like, that, that feels weird to me, mm-hmm. um, although I would want to be able to bust those out, mm-hmm. you know. So, um,
1: okay, so let's talk about the visuals really quickly. How, what kind of visuals do you use typically?
0: Um, they're usually like some form of snapshot, uh, you know, it might be like one, there was a uh, like a brain scan project I, I, I did, and mm-hmm. so it's me doing the brain scan thing, and it's like, then I explain what it, you know, what it is, and I tell the, the story behind how it came to be, what it is, and what sort of the the implications are for is it a video or, or image? It is an image. Gotcha. you. It's slide six. I don't know what slide, slide it is. Got
1: gotcha. you. So, um, and how often are you going to visuals throughout the presentation? Is it pretty rapid fire, or is it like it's the visual stays rapid. on? It's pretty
0: rapid. When I crafted it, it was a 18-minute talk. It was mm-hmm. probably a dozen slides.
1: Okay. So? So, yeah. Um, the one thing I would tell you, and obviously I haven't seen the presentation, so this is all very generic, but the one thing I would say is, is well, two things. One Well, is, nobody
0: saw because most of them walked out of the room anyway. <laughs> that's right, but I stayed. <laughs> I stayed. Um,
1: so one of them is just um, look at making, make sure that the information that you're saying verbally and the information that the, that the visual is giving are not redundant. Right? So I always look at it as the visual should enhance what you're saying. So um, like say for example, I'll give you a really extreme example. Um, in my in my stage my presentation, the the e course um, stage might online is is um, all visuals. It's all slides and my voice and video, right? So it's not me actually um, on camera. And but it, the the slides are very you know rich and media friendly and and uh, very active, right? But I, I very much look for slides that. If I'm saying something, the slide is what makes you laugh. So I might make the joke and then the slide ups the joke, you know? Yeah. So I might say something like, um, I may say something like, listen, when we're practicing, there's a memorization technique I have called um, uh, mess rehearsal, right? To teach you how to hard, hardwire your memory um, and learn learn content very quickly, dense content very quickly that, that um, bec- makes you distraction proof. And as we go through this mess rehearsal and, and um, doing a distraction rehearsal, I tell people there's a technique that you have, you're working with a partner and you ask your partner um, if if I can touch you and then if there's if it gets to be too much, then you have a safe word, right? And so then I pull up this slide that's a very risky slide of like this woman that, that has her uh, man laid over him and I talk about kind of like in bondage and S&M, they have a safe word and I have this woman that's like there and she's about to spank her dude, right? And then the words too much appear, right? So all I have to say is kind of like in, in SM, you know, for all you guys out there that do that, right? And then the slide tells the rest of it. Right. So the slide should always be trying to up your joke, it should always be trying to enhance your information, it should always be trying to so that and then the timing becomes incredibly important, right? You should have that comedian's timing. A lot of speakers, they, they deliver the timing in reverse. So you start off talking about the information, that, and then after you've already said it, then you click the slide. Or you, you have a slide that has a joke up there, and then it comes from out of nowhere, and now we're engaged in watching the slide instead of listening to you. Right. So you should practice it so that you're doing a dance together, and each one of you is enhancing the other. So that's with visuals. In terms of vulnerability, visuals and vulnerability, the poetry just cannot stop. The alliteration yeah, just yeah, all these. That's right. Victory. That's right. To find your voice. Vehicle. So we uh, should collab after we this. We should do it. It's a group piece. It's a group piece. <laughs> <laughs> Um, So as you think about your vulnerability, right, that's that's really what you what you need to work on. And I think a lot of times people are worried. I don't want to get up there and fake cry. I don't want to get up there and pretend like I'm being emotional. I don't want to get up there. You don't need that. All you need to do is listen to yourself off stage, because more than likely you off stage have had some real challenge in your life. More than likely you off stage have talked about that challenge to someone that you felt safe with and you've told that story. In a way that was emotional for that person listening to it. So one of the things I teach folks is identify the powerful stories in your life, identify the funny stories in life, in your life, identify the engaging, moving stories in your life. Right. Start c- building this arsenal of stories, and don't worry about what the point's going to be. Just find the stories that are human and 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 connect to people. Right. Then. What we begin to do is we begin to go. Now, what are the points that you need to make in your speech? And let's start matching them. Mm. Let's start. Let's start connecting. This is a, this story is a great way to illustrate this point. Right. You know, and you only might you might only need like one, two, three of them.
0: In it's a like speech, it's like the puzzle on the Soul know? Train. You know, it's like, oh, this is going to be the guest that's coming up. But let's start that's putting right. the pieces together. And like, oh, it's right. The
1: whole world just popped a gray hair listening to you reference Soul Train right now. So thank you for that. Uh, no problem.
0: <laughs> it's the delirium that's setting in. Um, well, cool, man. This, I mean, this has been great. I, you know, uh, one thing I did want to ask you. You know, uh, you are literally a one man show, huh. um, but you know, I've seen evidence of team you yeah. know and how do you, how does sekou build a team around himself especially as what uh, phrase i love now back to v words vanity brand uh-huh. um, which is uh, so how do you go about building the the andrews brand as a business
1: um, so i mean team is incredibly important obviously you know the problem with us entrepreneurs and solopreneurs is you know is letting go of control is learning to delegate and and i've i've, I've probably invested more in me being a leader than i have in anything else you know um the before i even decided to uh create stage might um, i invested in business coaching i invested in in um, executive coaching to just say i need to know how to effectively move from my own to, to transcend my there own uh my own physical body my own physical space my own physical limitations and be able to create that um that uh, you know exponential sort of ripple effect through the the outreach of, of other other folks on on a team and so and it's hard. Learn how to delegate, learn how to, to how to communicate, keep folks accountable, create a culture. You know, You know. I work with companies that are trying to create a, cult, a culture among their 500 or 1,000 or 10,000 employees, right? right. And I'm like, yo, sometimes it's even harder trying to create a culture when it's just you and two other people, yeah. you know, because it feels silly. It's, it, it's great when you got a team meeting and you're off on an off-site camp and you're doing team building with, you know, the, Trust the, the, the Nike, right, with the Nike and <laughs> everybody's doing an exercise, but when you just got you in your home office and two other the Folks, you know, and you're going like, how are we going to create a culture and do team building? That can become an incredible challenge of authenticity and still making sure that you are run by the guiding principles of the company. So I think establishing those types of guiding principles. I think making sure that, um, you know, you hear me talk, you heard me uh, do my speech at Worlds about the currency of purpose, and yep. really just making sure that everyone is being paid in some. Currency that is purposeful for them beyond their paycheck, because that is what keeps them working harder for you, keeps them engaged, keeps them wanting to protect you, wanting to grow you, wanting to grow with you. So I think making sure that um, all of all of that, all of that, all of those messages and all of that um, is infused in the way that you communicate with your team, the way that you um, interact with them at every step of the way, you take care of your people first and they become the fingerprint of you that um, goes out to the world and you know that you can trust how they're representing you and your brand.
0: What was the, out of all those elements you kinda listed, which one was most like, I know for me it's delegation like, you know, oh, so because control like, freaks. Dude. Yeah. It's like, ah, well I would have done it differently and yeah. it would probably would have done it faster or even I wouldn't have done it faster. I would have done it different, You know, it's always yeah. like something that you're like, but I, I, I don't mean to speak for you. What, which one of those things, delegation, culture building, uh, all those? which one's been most difficult. Uh,
1: yeah. I'm, I, I'd probably have to go with delegation. Um, you know, and the awesome thing about delegation is, like, it's hard when you let go, but when somebody, like, finally, like, does it right, like, when you finally step away, I just had something, the, my team, my marketing team for this launch, for Stage Might, you know, we're launching in, in September, so we're in the, you know, final weeks, um, and... I was like, something happened with the Facebook and, and, a, and a glitch or whatever, and somebody just jumped in and solved it. And I remember thinking, there is no Seiku in team. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it was just that sense of like, True. right. You know what I mean? It was, it, it was just that sense of like, and I love it. I love it when there's now no Seiku in team and I can be like, they present the problem. And before I get to the email, I see the solution already, already um, you know, solved by somebody else. So I would say that. And then I would also say um, communication. You know, one of the best things that my uh, my executive business coach, Susie Carter, president of Motivating the Masses, Lisa Nichols Company. And I've just been a part of the uh, the Motivating the Masses family. And, um, you know, Susie told me that she teaches that um, that when you are communicating something and there's an error done, you know, uh, error made you the first one, the first time the error is made, you own it. No matter what you said to that person, you as a leader own it. So I clearly did not communicate something properly to you, so let's fix that. And then the second time, it's, okay, so I clearly did not check and create a checks and balance system so that we can make sure that it actually gets executed the way that I communicated. And it's only that third time that you then say, now you you know you didn't mess up now yeah. you know what I mean like now Leave. you messed up right now you got to be out but I think really because sometimes we I don't just care
0: be, about your kids
1: <laughs> right but sometimes because <laughs> we're in our own world we can be so quick to just be like you know what I said and oh, I said yeah. this and so forth and actually being able to own and be accountable to your own communication so that your team doesn't feel like you're just in constant attack mode that was a big lesson for me and, it, and it's proved very fruitful with my company
0: yeah now I find in general like. Pause is a big word I keep in mind, like yeah. you know no matter whether I'm elated or right. um you know um upset like i I pause just to like make sure I digest it all and uh and I craft something that's that's uh
1: i agree, agree.
0: <laughs> <laughs> good good one, yeah, you
1: like that huh? yeah, I just ate your air time up right yeah, there. no like that's, the- that's
0: great. <laughs> Um. So it's been what about a year or so since you've been since you've been here. Yeah. Uh, the show's called Innovation Crush. What have you seen out in the world lately that's kind of like getting your goose? What's your current innovation crush? What's uh, what's what's you know what's come across the your eyeballs or your ears or your eyes? Yeah. You
1: know? What is my innovation crush? That's a good question. I'm surrounded by
0: medicine, blood, innovators, Nike. Like you're just yeah. all over the place.
1: Um. You know, I do a lot of work for uh, w- or with uh, Singularity University and uh, XPRIZE. They they have a joint venture between them and uh, Deloitte called IPP.
0: Um, it's- IPP too.
1: <laughs> good one. <laughs> right back at you with That's the with the corniness. So <laughs> So I <laughs> damn it. I am not gonna be able to ever see those three letters now. That you just ruined it for me. Damn it, man. Um so Innovation Partnership Project. Um and it's an amazing uh it's an amazing program where the faculty gets together and we basically talk to we bring in um you know several dozen high level corporate execs at, at companies all over the world and um, just get them to look at how exponential technologies are going to affect their company, you know? So it's how is 3D printing going to affect Hershey's chocolate making and how is AI going to affect Barclays uh, affect Barclays Bank, you know? Right. Um, and so, and then I, I sort of, you know, you have people there talking about biotech and, and robotics and, you know, infinite computing and so forth. And then I'm, you know, my presentation is much more sort of like the heart of the future, the heart of the future, you know? And like making sure that we, teach big data to have a big heart in a sense right and so um when I listen to these these presentations, dude, like, my mind is blown all the time. Like, yeah. you know, you listen to things like them talking about cloning glow-in-the-dark cats, you know, or, or like, taking the the, 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 the DNA from a, a firefly and splicing it with a tree so that they can create glow-in-the-dark trees along highways to prevent crashes. You know what I mean? Wow. And I just find myself, like, literally every time I'm talking, or, or, or cyber security, you know, and just, like, looking at, like, trying to prevent, like, the next level of hacks where you can hack into somebody's insulin pump and release 10 days of insulin into the body to assassinate somebody you know and you go like I feel like I've seen this movie you know what I mean like (laughs) and you just start to realize like it's it's actually happening so I really
0: your sticker on your computer actually says future crimes yeah, so,
1: and, and it's crazy because actually the example that I'm given is from a presentation that's by Mark Goodman, who's the author of Future Crimes. Nice. And Mark, well, he freaks me out. Like he'll talk about like people spying on you, whatever. And I was like, dude, like I literally cannot have my computer open now without this thing on it. But he gives it away as part of his book promotion to cover up your your uh, your camera and your mic. And literally, I mean, when you think about that hack that happened with like all the celebrity photo, you know, butt naked photos being oh, taken from their the iPhones and stuff. Yeah, yeah like, dude, I'm. I'm I'm freaked out
0: now. I saved nothing to the cloud. Um, (laughs) Last but not least, uh, you've been here before, back again for the first time. You are not ludicrous. Thank you. Um, Complete this phrase for me. Innovation to me is.
1: Innovation to me is the difference between why did not think of that and why did not think like that?
0: I love it. I love it. I N N. Vation. O. Oh. Ovation.
1: ovation. We can't spell. There's now no you gotta O-N-N. stand. The hip hop spelling, damn it. C R.
0: Uh Everyone, this has been another installment of In- and um, we will talk to you next time. Thanks for stopping by, man. It was great. Absolutely. And like I said, please make
1: sure you guys, if you're interested in joining the website uh, you know, and, and, and learning more about Stage Might, please come to uh, Rockstar Secrets for Public Speakers. We'll make sure we have the link and Chris will send it out. And it's a webinar where I'm just going to pour into you with free Training and techniques on how to become more dynamic, confident, and compelling, and be mighty on any stage that you touch. Rockstar secrets for public speakers. Let me come train you and make you mighty, baby. I
0: actually thought I was going to call this episode Words to the Wise. I thought of that this morning. Ooh. Mm-hmm. You really? mm-hmm. everybody- Oh, yeah. Or uh, roads and Pros. What'd you say? <laughs> <laughs> no, the last one I called Pros, uh, Spitting Pros to Pros. Pros Look at you. To pro Look Hey man, you. I got a little poeticism in myself. I'm, are we going to bring it up? I'm, I'm going to teach you, baby. I'm going to teach you. Uh thank you again everybody. Seku Andrews, um check him out. Bye.
1: Word.